I was actually looking forward to my next bottle of Ucan rather than dreading my fifth bottle of sugary whatever. And so I was like, all right, this is this is something different. Like, I wonder, I wonder how I'll race on this. And so it was about three and a half months later that I did Ironman Maryland and I had this huge breakthrough. I had no GI distress and no bonking for the first time ever in an Ironman. I fueled myself on about less than half the amount of calories that I normally would. We can get into that later. And I ran 20 minutes faster off the bike than I ever had. I ran a three flat marathon off the bike and I went eight hours and 51 minutes and won the whole race. So that for me was like this big, whoa, like mind blowing moment, this epiphany moment. Uh, my UCAN moment. So here's the question. How do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. All right, we are live. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Healthy Runner Podcast. And it's Monday, therefore we are adding a Monday night spark to your week as we are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group with another special guest with us tonight. So we are still in the hottest part of summer for us here in Connecticut. And this is really part three of our Running in the Summer series. Two weeks ago, we talked about nutrition and hydration, keys to success for running races and the importance of liquid calories, staying hydrated and the benefits of energy gels with Mike Matthewson. And I'm sure there may be some concepts that Matt, our guest tonight, will reiterate for us. And then last week, we had the pleasure of talking with Stephanie Blosey on the show, and she educated us from an interesting historical perspective in her background in meteorology and talked about the differences in temperature, humidity, and knowing that the dew point is actually what you should be looking at before you go out for your runs, especially those long runs. And also she addressed how to address or how to dress um, for your summer runs. So if you missed any of that, check out the replay within the Monday Night Spark Topics tab within the Healthy Runner Facebook group, or check out episodes 26 and 27 on the Healthy Runner podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast. So for tonight's episode, I want to know, have you ever bonked on a race and want to know how to avoid GI problems with running? Do you want to know what causes fatigue with running? Well, I have an expert for you this week on our live Healthy Runner podcast show to share his story. It's a pretty cool one. Um, so Matt Bach won Ironman Maryland in 2014, and he is a he has a pretty neat story that he's going to share with us, and I wanted to share it with you. Hey, Matt, what's going on? Thanks for joining us on the Healthy Runner podcast. Hey, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So for those of you here on the Healthy Runner Facebook live stream, please comment live and give Matt a warm, healthy runner welcome. And those of you who couldn't make it, just comment hashtag team replay in the comment box below. So I know you did catch it. So I'm very excited to have you on the show, Matt, because I just had a runner actually in my office today talking about how she just feels sluggish and she doesn't have the energy to get through her runs. And it just feels like her body is kind of running in quicksand. And the other reason I'm really excited is because I started actually using UCAN products back in 2011, which was when I started my running journey. And I saw the UCAN booth at the New Haven Road Race. And I was wondering, you know, what these products were about. And then shortly thereafter, I started using the hydrate to help me um, with my electrolytes during my run. So I'm super excited to have you here, Matt. So let's get started with our dynamic warm-up. Tell us where are you from and what do you do? I'm originally from Danbury, Connecticut. I now live in Summit, New Jersey. So I'm just west of New York City. Um, and I used to work on Wall Street actually in finance for nine years. That's what I graduated with a degree in finance. And I uh, worked for a number of different hedge funds, broker dealers, um, and mainly in trading and portfolio management. And then uh, decided I, didn't, I couldn't see myself there forever and decided I wanted to make a change. And at the time I was as a hobby, I was doing running and triathlon. And so 
I was developing a whole bunch of experience in that space and even considered going pro for a little while in triathlon. Uh, ended up leaving the finance industry, going back to school, getting my MBA from Temple University, and then making a total career change. And now, as you see, I'm the I'm working for UCAN. I'm the director of our endurance business. Nice. So that's a pretty uh, interesting story and journey. Um, can you tell us a little bit about some of your, I know you mentioned triathlon. So wh- what did that look like? And you were kind of considering going pro at some point. I did read somewhere that you did uh, win Ironman Maryland. So can you talk about that experience? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess it all started, I was a runner back in high school. I had a great coach. I was not a very talented athlete, but through some co- great coaching and hard work and some good friends around me, I was able to get better and better. And uh, by the time I got to 2008, which was after college, I ended up doing my first marathon in Baltimore. And then at some point I started looking for variety in my training and thinking that would be exciting to do swimming and biking as well as the running. And so then in 2010, I did my first triathlon. I did a sprint try. I did two more that year because I caught the bug and it was fun. And then the next year I did some half Ironman events and the New York City triathlon. I did the New York City marathon and was really having a great time with it. I was training with a great group in Hoboken, Jersey City, just west of New York City. And um, it was in 2011 that I realized, hey, I'm going like longer in distance here and I'm getting better relative to the competition. So let's go even longer. So next year, I'm going to do my first full Ironman. So I did Ironman Lake Placid in 2012. That was my first one. And yeah, I had a, I had a knack for it. I was about a minute and a half off of a Kona slot, which are pretty difficult to get. And I was about, uh, I was one slot off. So I just missed it, which um, was just kind of surprising to me. And that wasn't really the goal. But then the next uh, year I went back to Lake Placid saying, all right, I want to qualify for Kona. And I missed it by one slot again. But then wow. in uh, Ironman Louisville, about four weeks after that, I won my age group and I went to Kona seven weeks after that. So I had an interesting stretch there. It was within 12 weeks. I had three Ironman events in 12 weeks. So that was not advisable, but uh, it was it was quite a journey and it achieved <laughs> the goal that year of uh, just trying to qualify for Kona. Uh, but I had done those four, four Ironman events and this actually, this piece of my story lends itself directly into UCAN because the first four times that I did an Ironman, I had GI distress in all of them. I had bloating, stomach aches, nauseousness, uh, I mean, diarrhea, like porta potty stops. You don't want to be making, you know, not, not so fun when you're a runner. And so because I was having this GI distress and I was looking at this like seventh gel and I'm like, oh, I'm nauseated by this. I'd start throwing them aside and just stop taking in fuel at some point towards the end of the bike or especially during the run. And then of course, lo and behold, when you stop taking in fuel 45 minutes later or so, you're bonking. I was hitting the wall. And so I'd get that tunnel vision. I'd be just dizzy. I'd be staggering. My pace would slow like crazy. And then I'd realize what was happening and I'd try to resurrect myself. And, uh, and I'd already have cost many minutes or tens of minutes on my performance because I was having this bonking episode. And it was frustrating because I was coming into the races really fit and ready to crush it. But then I was having this nutrition hold me back on race day. And so then it was in 2014 when I said, all right, enough's enough. I need to figure this out. I need to figure out the nutrition end of things. So I reached out to a sports nutritionist and she guided me on some of my uh, adjustments and some of my daily diet. And then she also introduced me to UCAN and I had never heard of it at the time. This was 2014 and never heard of it, but decided to just give it a try because I trusted her and I went out and I bought some, I started using it in my training, noticed anecdotally that I was having the steady energy that the company was talking about and it felt different. And I noticed that I wasn't really having any GI distress at all during my longer workouts of like, say, five, six hours long, you know, bike rides and brick workouts on the weekends. And then I noticed that I was actually looking forward to my next bottle of UCAN rather than dreading my fifth bottle of sugar, whatever. And so I was like, all right, this is, this is something different. Like, I wonder, I wonder how I'll race on this. And so it was about three and a half months later that I did Ironman Maryland and I had this huge breakthrough. I had no GI distress and no bonking for the first time ever in an Ironman. I fueled myself on about less than half the amount of calories that I normally would. We can get into that later. And I ran 20 minutes faster off the bike than I ever had. I ran a three flat marathon off the bike and I went eight hours and 51 minutes and won the whole race. So that for me was like this big, whoa, like mind blowing moment, this epiphany moment, uh, my you can moment essentially, um, where it was like, wow, this is really something different that everybody should, should know about. I'm surprised nobody's, you know, not everybody's already using it. Right. Right. And then, so that was the first race that you actually didn't hit that wall and you wound up winning the whole thing. Yeah, totally. That's That's crazy. So I do see um, a bunch of triathletes as well. And I I do notice definitely on those longer events, 
that's when, you know, they will tell me about the GI distress, the bloating. Um, I've know I worked with people in the past and they just say, you know, their stomach feels so distended and they're in like so much pain, <laughs> like as they're getting to the running portion of the race, I would imagine from what you've obviously you're kind of in that community and you've been in that community. Is that something that is common in triathletes, especially? Yeah, definitely running. I was actually just wrote a blog on this today about how GI distress is just so common and so prevalent, especially, I mean, there's prevalence rates at hot Ironman races that are as high as 93% of the, of the participants wow. experience some sort of GI distress, whether it be bloating or stomach aches or nauseousness or vomiting or diarrhea or whatever, any one of those elements of GI distress. And so I think because it's so common, people just think that it's a rite of passage, like something that you must experience if you're going to be a triathlete, right? But it, it, it was it was frustrating enough to me that I just, just was driven to find some other better way. And luckily I found a better way. Uh, and so now I, I'm just, I'm excited to be able to spread the word that you know, there's a better way to do this. You don't have to have that GI distress that is so debilitating and so frustrating. And, you know, it just makes it unenjoyable. Yeah. And obviously this is kind of somewhat of a sensitive topic too, right? Like a lot of people don't like sharing, you know, their GI distress and how they felt in a race. So thank you so much for actually bringing this to our Healthy Runner audience. Obviously we can all learn from each other. And I think it's pretty cool that Matt has an interesting story and it really actually caused him to change his whole career path uh, where it was going down the Wall Street financial sector. And now he's actually living his occupation in kind of what was his transformation, his UCAN transformation, as he called it. So I think that's pretty cool. Matt, let's get into when we run initially, like what actually gives us, so let's just do a little background, kind of set the table a little bit. What gives us our energy when we are running? Yeah. Um, so where you draw energy from your body, you know, converts essentially glycogen for the most part and a lot and fat uh, into energy. And so I'm not a scientist and I don't know all the nitty gritty. And I don't think anybody cares necessarily to hear about all the nitty gritty of, you know, ATP and mitochondria and everything. So in layman's terms here, there's a few, there's a couple different main, well, let's say three different main fuel sources that are driving you to have energy while you're running. One of them is your, your fat stores, your endogenous fat stores that are on your body. And we all have them, whether you're lean, whether you're not quite lean, whether you're not as lean as you want to be, uh, you, we all have tens of thousands of calories worth of fat stored on our bodies. And then you have in your muscles and in your liver, you have glycogen stores, which are essentially carbohydrates that have been converted into glycogen stored on your body so that you, and you only have about 2000 calories worth of those. And the third one is exogenous carbohydrates or exo you know, food, essentially what you eat. And so between those three things, that's what's fueling you to finish your marathon or your half marathon or your Ironman or whatever it may be that your, your crazy endeavor might be. So what you're telling me, Matt, is that our energy is really kind of the glycogen stores that we have in our body, some of the fat that we are carrying around um, as stores, and then what we take in and what we eat. Um, before a run. So then what causes us to fatigue or hit that wall or bonk as, as you know, so many say um, when we are running? Yeah. So it's really interesting, especially as runners, when you go up in distance and say you run a half marathon and you might not take any fuel in during that whole half marathon, but you might be fine from beginning to end. But then when you go up to the marathon distance, all of a sudden people are bonking and hitting the wall like crazy at mile 18, 20, 22, right? That was, now, that was me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and that happens because of the fact that you only have those 2000 calories worth of glycogen stored in your body. And so if you have, you're, you're drawing from the fat stores and the carbohydrate stores at the same time, but then you basically will run out at about two to three hours and you just don't have any more glycogen in your, in your system anymore. And so all of a sudden it becomes very, very difficult for your body to propel itself forward. And that's when you bonk. So if you, that's why in a marathon, you have to fuel yourself during the marathon with, with something that's, of course, that's also why people experience GI distress in some of their marathons, because when you're running, there's lots of jostling, your heart rate is high blood is being uh, sent to your working muscles, your legs mainly, and it's being shunted from your stomach. And so when you eat something, it's difficult to digest it. It's also kind of difficult to carry because you're running. Plus you got all this jostling, your heart rate's high. It's just, I mean, there's all these different reasons why it's difficult to digest the food that you've consumed. And so people, especially if you end up consuming a bunch of sugary products, you might end up with that GI distress because your body's having a difficult time processing it. And that ties back to actually some of the topics that uh, Mike was talking about last week with, uh, with, with osmolality, uh, which I think he, he described pretty well um, last week. And yeah, lots of overlap with that. 
how that's important um, because you, you need to make sure that the osmolality is low enough uh, so that things can clear your stomach very, very quickly. And that's where you can really, okay. really shines actually. Nice. So you're saying with kind of osmolarity and basically you need some water content or liquid content in order for your stomach to actually digest it without getting some of that bloating GI distress. Is that correct? So, yeah. So here's the thing when, you know, typically uh, your simple sugar, there's really like two different underlying carbohydrates in your, your products that are out there in the sports nutrition market. Uh, there's either simple sugars or maltodextrin. And simple sugars are either fructose or glucose usually. And they can upset the stomach very easily because the osmolality is very high. So it requires lots and lots of water to transport that through the stomach lining. And that's why uh, Mike was saying how when you consume these types of things, you need to consume lots and lots of water with it because it needs to be able to clear the stomach and be transported through that stomach. Otherwise, you get the sloshing and the bloating and the stomach aches and everything that goes along with that. Now, maltodextrin is considered a complex carbohydrate, and it requires uh, fewer of those water transporters to bring it through the stomach lining. So it's a better solution. It was just, I think it was really became big and popular. I think it was in the 90s or 2000s. Um, as an alternative to simple sugars because it was more complex and it has a, high, a lower osmolality. So it's actually easier on the stomach. It gives you somewhat longer, longer lasting energy. Now, where UCAN comes into play is the carbohydrate that underlies UCAN is called super starch. It's completely different than the simple sugars and the maltodextrin that underlies most sports nutrition. Uh, super starch is a very, very complex molecule. To put this into perspective, simple sugars have a molecular weight of 180. Maltodextrin has a molecular weight of between 500 and 3000. And super starch has a molecular weight of 600,000. So it's this massive complex molecule. And the reason why that matters as runners and as triathletes is because a complex molecule like that takes time to break down. And so it almost is like a time release, steady source of energy that lasts for hours and hours rather than about 45 minutes to an hour maximum. And so you get this long lasting energy where what you consume, say before a marathon is actually still working in your system midway through your marathon, or maybe even at the end of your marathon. And the other reason why that matters is because molecular weight is inversely proportionate to, um, or inversely related to osmolality. And so because it has a huge molecule, it has very small osmolality, which is a good thing. That means that it can clear your stomach very, very quickly. And you don't get that slushing, that bloating, that those stomach aches, any of that diarrhea, it doesn't require many, if any, transporters to bring it through the stomach barrier because that osmolality is so low. And so it goes through the stomach, it goes into the gut, and then it's that long releasing energy that just gives you that energy over a long period of time, really steady, uh, steady blood sugar as well. And therefore it allows you to tap into your fat stores better because it doesn't spike your insulin levels, which also makes it a healthier long-term fueling option. Nice. Thank you for getting into that, the details. I know, I know that was definitely very sciencey there. So Kat, uh, she said she wants to hear about mitochondria, but I'm sure you did appreciate <laughs> that explanation by Matt there. So Kat is a scientist, so she likes to uh, hear about the science stuff. And I think, I don't know, Matt just kind of talked over my mind, so... Hopefully you got some of that cat, but Matt, this is actually pretty cool because I know you can has roots to actually my hometown, Cheshire, Connecticut. And I actually knew this story just kind of grown up in town and heard about this story, but where did you can actually like the super starch, was it originally developed for triathletes and for, you know, Boston marathon winners? <laughs> not, not at all. The, the story. And like you said, in Cheshire, Connecticut, right there, um, it, it all started with a kid named Jonah Feldman, and he lives in Cheshire, Connecticut. And Jonah was born in 2001 with a rare metabolic disorder called glycogen storage disease. And what this means is he can't process glycogen the same way that we can to maintain stable blood sugar levels in his body. And when any one of us as humans has blood sugar that drops to, to low levels, to dangerously low levels, we would have seizures and die. But he has this sort of you know, faulty mechanism, right? This disease that stops him from producing blood glucose to keep him alive. And so back in the 1970s, they discovered a way just to keep these kids alive, which was to feed them every two to three hours, usually with Argo cornstarch from the grocery store. And I'm talking through the night too. So parents would have to wake, wake up multiple times through the night, setting multiple alarms to make sure that they wake up because if they miss a feeding, then their kid doesn't wake up. Right? So it's very, very stressful wow. for the parents. And nobody's living a normal life. Everybody's sleep deprived. I mean, if you can imagine any of the parents out there, I'm a parent of uh, a two and a three-year-old. So it's pretty fresh in my mind with a newborn and you're waking up every, you know, 45 minutes or every hour, every two hours, whatever it is through the night, you're, you're very sleep deprived. Now imagine that happening for pretty much your entire life going from then, you know, until, until Jonah, you know, hopefully grows up. 
So until the age of nine, he had never slept through the night. He had always been woken up multiple times in the middle of the night to be fed. Um, so oh. the parents said, all right, well, there's got to be some better way to do this. Let's start a foundation. Let's fund some research and try to find a cure for glycogen storage disease, or maybe we find a better way to manage it. And there wasn't a lot of funding and research being done on this because it's a very rare disorder. There's only about 3,000 kids in the U.S. who have it and about 30,000 globally. And so they said, all right, we need to start this foundation and see what we can cause to happen. Uh, in terms of this research. And so what, what ultimately happened in 2008, a team of Scottish researchers discovered a way to take non-GMO cornstarch, which is the base of superstarch, and cook it through what is now a patented heating process. It takes 40 hours. It's all natural. There's no chemicals, no enzymes, because it was being fed initially to newborn babies. It needed to be very, very natural. And so it's this all natural 40-hour process just using heat and water and it makes the non-GMO cornstarch, it elongates it to these epic proportions that I described before with that huge mo complex molecule. And so at age nine, Jonah was fed two servings of superstarch, and he was able to sleep through the night for the very first time. That was the very big first success of the company, and that's where it all came from. And that's where this breakthrough in carbohydrate technology came from, was because of this mission to save Jonah and other kids like him. And then from there, they said, our co-founder said, who are now our, our CEO and active, active managing partner at the company, they're, they're still running the company. And they said, um, you know, now that we have this breakthrough in carbohydrate technology, is there something that we can do with it? Is there another application for it beyond glycogen storage disease? And so they reached out to some endurance coaches, some athletes and some nutritionists and uh, Dr. Uh, actually Dr. Kathy Yeckel at Yale. Uh, she's a human metabolism researcher, Dr. Jeff Folick, a number of uh, researchers in the space. And they said, all right, this is what we have. Is this of interest to you as an endurance athlete, let's say, to uh, because they were, they were speaking with Bob Sibahar, who's the Olympic dietitian for the 2008 triathlon team in Beijing. Um, so they went to him and they said, hey, you know, this is what we've got. Is this of interest to you as, an, as a coach and as an athlete? And he said, absolutely. This could potentially revolutionize the sports nutrition industry if this is living up to the claims that you're making. So let me try some of it and see what it does. And so he tried it on himself and he tried it with his athletes and found that it was living up to the claims that the, our co-founders were making and said, wow, this is, you got to do something with this. You have to help other endurance athletes fuel themselves in a healthier way, in a better way for their performance. Um, so form this into a company, do something. You got to get it out there. And so that's when the UK company was born. And you're one of the early, early uh, people coming on in 2011. That was right around the time we I launched. Know. Yeah, no, I remember seeing it in some of our local stores in town here. And I was like, what is this? Oh, I'll try this. And yeah, no, that, thanks for sharing that story. I think it's pretty cool to see um, a company that's formed out of, you know, something that obviously wasn't planned, right? And it was kind of at a necessity. Um, they needed to find a solution to the problem. And, you know, they were able to help Jonah, which is pretty awesome to hear. And I'm sure are able to help many kids now um, who have this, you know, terrible disease. But it is pretty cool to see how, you know, they looked at some of the applications and, you know, who else can benefit from this? And I think, you know, most of us have probably seen, you know, uh, the, the commercials of MEB and, you know, some of the higher end athletes who have benefited from this. So it is pretty cool to just hear that this wasn't something that just started in a lab because they wanted to make Boston qualifier uh, runners better at what they do, that it did start from, you know, really trying to find a, a solution to a children's disease. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, right. the noble origins of the company. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so if you can, before we get into kind of changing a little bit from the long lasting energy that the super starch provides, can you just share, cause you were telling us a little bit about your story, your personal journey with it. And so what did you find um, as far as, you know, that first race, like in Maryland, when you didn't bonk and when you used super starch, was that something, I, I guess, you know, what was, what did you notice different about that product versus previous ones that you utilized? Well, the first thing I noticed is that it doesn't feel, it doesn't taste sh like sugary, like most products do. I mean, most products are like we said are based in simple sugars and maltodextrin. And uh, when I describe those numbers, I mean, maltodextrin is considered complex, but really it's quite simple compared to superstarch. And so it, it felt very different on the system. It, the, the way that I felt was like this longer lasting energy. I felt like, okay, I've, I've fueled an hour ago, but I still feel perfectly fine. And then an hour and a half goes by or two hours go by and I'm still feeling great. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is really strange. 
I was also able to fuel on fewer calories, which is something that a lot of people see. You know how I described there's tens of thousands of calories of fat in your body and there's only 2000 calories worth of glycogen. Well, usually you have to, because you're, you're taking in simple sugars that spike your blood sugar, spike your insulin levels. When your insulin spikes up like that, it prompts your body to start storing fat rather than burning it. And as an endurance athlete that has a limited number of glycogen stores on your body, it's helpful to be able to tap into those fat stores more. And so by taking super starch, and this is shown in two or three different studies at this point now, by taking super starch before uh, exercise, it actually uh, keeps your body in a fat burning mode, essentially. So it, your blood sugar stays far more stable. Your insulin levels stay nearly muted. And this, again, so it's like shown in the studies that it's nearly muted. It's amazing. Um, and then it also shows that your fat oxidation is actually improved. So your body's ability to burn fat is actually improved, which means that you don't need to consume as much to fuel yourself optimally. So that was one of the big things for me is I was, I was targeting 300 calories an hour of sugar or 230 calories an hour of what I actually could get in because then I'd start bonking. 230 calories an hour, but then after, or at Ironman Maryland, I only had 94 calories an hour and felt optimally fueled the entire time. And most people, when they switch over to UCAN, find that if they were targeting 200 calories an hour before, now they're at like 100 calories, about half usually. Or if they were targeting 300 calories an hour, now they're taking 150 calories an hour and feeling great uh, with UCAN. And then the other thing was, of course, on the GI distress side of things. I mean, during the race itself, especially you're out there during an Ironman for somewhere between eight and 17 hours, and you're taking in lots and lots of fuel and you're out there for a long, long time, putting in a pretty hard effort. And I usually would have that GI distress, but then after I started taking UCAN, it just, it was like, it just magically went away. Yeah, if no, anybody's ever had GI distress, like absolutely, you need to pick some of this up immediately and start testing with it. Uh, and even if you don't, I mean, there's a, there's, because there's no sugar in any of our powders, uh, it's a really healthy way to fuel long-term. You know, you don't want to be one of those athletes that's fit, but unhealthy or right? your feet, you, right. you look great. You can run a marathon and you know, whatever you can run a great marathon, but you're unhealthy. You go and look at your blood markers and you've got, you know, high cholesterol, you've got you know, high, high blood sugar. You have like pre-diabetes, but somehow that just doesn't add up, right? Well, it might be because you've taken for decades, you've taken tons and tons of sugar during lots of your training and your racing. Yeah, what I like about what you said is that you're not getting, you know, those high kind of insulin spikes, which is going to cause, you know, when you have sugar, you're getting those little spikes in energy. So you feel good for like, you know, a couple minutes and your brain is tricked into thinking like, hey, like I have all this energy and then you wind up crashing, right? So if anyone ever remembers, you know, them as kids or maybe your, your own kids right now, you know, especially during the summer, you know, they're going to have some candy or something and they're just like bouncing off the walls, right? So think about, you probably don't want to fuel that way during your marathon or even during your half marathon and having those sudden, you know, energy surges. And then you're just like crashing after that. So I think that's pretty neat that this product is able to offer, um, offer that. Yeah. Hop off that right, sugar so, roller coaster. Yeah. So we so spent fun. a good amount of time talking about the super starch. Now, one of the products that I really love that you guys have that I've been using pretty much my whole running career is, is the hydrate. And I've noticed a lot of our road races in Connecticut now, which I love have gone to the on course nutrition or hydration of using the UCAN hydrate product. So what is the difference in UCAN hydrate versus what used to be offered, at least in here in Connecticut of the good old staple of, you know, Gatorade or Powerade? What's the difference between those? Yeah. So Gatorade and Powerade both are loaded with quite a few, quite a bit of simple sugars. And so if you're getting, you're getting the electrolytes from Gatorade or Powerade, um, which is what you need. And that's why they're on course, but you're getting a ton of sugar along with it, which is either you know, in a lot of cases is not necessary uh, or not necessarily a good, a good really health solution. Um, so you can hydrate has no sugar. It has no calories. It just has the electrolytes and it just has natural flavors. And that's it. It's a very, very clean electrolyte source and it's delicious. So it kind of encourages you to drink more than maybe if it were just water. Uh, and you need the electrolytes anyway, especially, I mean, we're all athletes. We're out there sweating, especially now. I mean, it is hot these days and humid. So you're out there sweating, 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 and you might lose several pounds of body weight during your runs and you need to replenish that, but you can't just replenish it with just water. Water by itself is actually a poor hydrator. You need electrolytes, mainly sodium to be able to retain the water that you're drinking. Yeah, and I, I've used the lemon lime one for years and years and years. And before I realized that there were actually other flavors. So now I actually got a couple of weeks ago, I wound up getting my um, new variety pack and I'll, I'll just give a shout. I love the kiwi strawberry one as well as the berry flavor. 
Uh, those are definitely my, I think my two favorites now. So it is, is nice that there's some newer flavors uh, that are being offered. I don't know how long they've been going just because it's one of those things where you're just so used to ordering the same thing over and over again. It's like, you just add it to your cart and it's, you see it getting low, you just order it out. But I, I do like the, the flavors. And like you said, it, it's definitely delicious. And I think it definitely helped. We had our, uh, spark your soul virtual half marathon this past weekend, Matt. And it was something that I really think helped with my hydration and making sure that I was retaining those electrolytes. So I had that in my little belt there and I had one of those during, I actually do one before my race and then I do it during, and then certainly after, and even, you know, I actually had like two servings uh, later that day. And I felt like my recovery was actually very good. I wasn't even sore as far as my muscles uh, were concerned. And I was able to put out a pretty hard effort. And I think it was certainly helpful. And I know I definitely favor that. I, I ran a, I forget which one it was, but a half marathon fairly recently. And I just got so spoiled because like Fairfield half here in Connecticut, the New Haven road race has you can product. So I, I just got so spoiled and I didn't even think about it. And then I noticed there was one that didn't and I'm drinking. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? This is the sugary stuff. So I was kind of upset uh, during that race. So if you guys are out there and you guys haven't tried the, you can hydrate. I, like I said, I've been using it for years and I have found it super helpful and it just feels honestly healthier and cleaner and not so heavy and thick than you know some of the sugary products out there so i would highly recommend that but matt i've noticed you know your guys website has changed a little bit and you're even offering some other products what are some of the other things that might be able to help runners yeah have you tried the bars yet i have actually so i i used to try the bars um in the beginning stages of when the bars first came out and then i actually found out that i had an intolerance to dairy so now i am uh non-dairy so then i stopped using them and then i was very happy to see that you have vegan options so actually this is something and today was a very busy day for me as far as my clinical practice and a bunch of meetings and things and i really didn't have much time and i haven't been home at all since um seven this morning so this is actually what fuels me uh, through my day in between my clients and I don't have much time to eat. So I actually have a salad in the uh, fridge there with some protein and stuff, but I didn't have time to eat it. So when I don't have time, this, these bars uh, are pretty darn phenomenal. Honestly, this uh, vegan salted peanut butter, I highly recommend, but what is, what is different about these bars versus some of the other bars that are on the market? Yeah, those the bar that you're holding right there, that salted peanut butter one, along with our chocolate almond butter bar, uh, they both launched in April. And like as you said, they are plant-based. Uh, so they don't have any whey protein in them. Uh, they're vegan bars. And so we've they've been absolute hits. They're delicious. Um, and they're, what makes them so different from what else is on the market is the super starch. Again, back to this carbohydrate that underlies our products that we're best known for, and that was created for the kids with this rare metabolic disorder. So the super starch is what's in our powders that you're very familiar with since 2011. Um, the super starch has also been used in these bars. So it's a, just a different format, right? Sometimes you want something that's solid. Sometimes you want something that's delicious and that you can chew into. And it's great as snacks, just as you say. I use them the same way. And then we have our... Uh, our powders, which also have the super starch. So it's just two different ways of fueling yourself. And I use the powders mainly before my runs. I know a lot of people who use the bars before their runs, or maybe they just use them as snacks, or maybe they bring a bar out with them on their run and they have it broken up into pieces in a baggie or just you know in the exact packaging that you held up. They maybe just have it tucked into their shorts uh, and you have it along the way. So it's a great, a great snack. It's gonna give you that same, same long lasting energy that's easy on the stomach. Uh, just in a different tasty format. Yeah. And I like that it's not too big and heavy either. Um, so I've had other like protein bars before where it just feels like you're eating a brick um, yeah. <laughs> and they're pretty heavy. And I do see a lot of clients and it seems like a lot of even, and I'm going to say this is that the, and this is out of honestly, um, goodness of my heart. And I, I value it's especially a lot of our mother runners um, who are always thinking about their kids and never thinking about themselves. And you never have time for yourselves and per meal prep. And so this can be, I can, I see this as a healthy way to get some nutrition in you 
So you're not going too long without getting those calories that you do need, as well as would this be beneficial for, let's say, you know, we have a couch to 5k runner who's just starting, um, taking up running and they're not, you know, running double digit long runs and they're not training for a marathon. Could this be a product that might help them out if they were looking just to kind of eat a little cleaner, a little healthier, maybe some weight loss goals? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're using it for your running, even as a couch to 5k type person, if you have it before your run or one specific example that I really like is that uh, you maybe have lunch midday, right? But then your workday ends at 5, 5.30, whatever it is. It's hours and hours later and you haven't eaten in five, four, five, six hours. And so if you go run right after work, you might be feeling kind of low on energy. But what you can do is have one of those bars or one of the powder shakes about, say, four or five o'clock. And then when you go out for your run at five thirty, six o'clock, you actually will feel really good. So that's one main way that a lot of people use them. Now, for people who are looking for the body composition, weight loss type of approach, it works. you can works extremely well for this, for body composition. And the reason is because blood sugar stays stable, insulin levels stay muted, and it allows your body to continue to tap into its fat stores, continue to burn off that fat. Um, you're also, they're kind of efficient calories, right? If you, if you take in uh, 150 or 200 calories of a bar, a UCAN bar or the powders, it's going to, you're going to feel sustained longer than you would on something that's 150 or 200 calories, you know, equivalent apples to apples calories of something that's sugary. That's going to spike your blood sugar. You're probably going to have a carb craving about 45 minutes to an hour later, maybe two hours later after you had something sugary, let's say let's get Snickers bar or whatever, you know, bag of chips or something, you're probably going to have a carb craving, you know, an hour and a half, two hours later. And it's kind of a cycle, right? You have that craving, then you eat something else that might be sugary, and then you, you spike right back up again, and you have another craving. And so you're just on this roller coaster all day long of continually eating, and it's not necessarily what you should be doing, right? And not, not necessarily in line with your goals. But with you can, it's going to give you that longer lasting, more sustained energy over time, and you're going to feel more satiated. Like something else that you might notice um, for any of those folks who are going out for long runs, when you get back, a lot of the time you might be ravenously hungry. You open up the fridge, you just eat everything. All right, like you eat like the half a cold pizza from last night. You're just like shoving it in, right? <laughs> I mean, been there, done that. That right? has that never was... happened before. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so, so when you take you can before your long run, and then when you get back, you might find that you're not ravenously hungry. You're just hungry, and a hungry athlete is a good thing. You just don't want to be ravenously hungry. That way, you can stand there in front of your fridge and make a smart decision about what's good for your recovery rather than just grab, grabbing for every, everything and anything that's possibly, you know, in, in front of you. Uh, so it's really, it, it is, it is really, really helpful for that body composition kind of leaning out, you know, maybe you're, you're 180 and you want to be 170 or whatever that, that is like, it could help you, you know, bring down that, that weight and make you a better runner and a healthier person. Nice. And so Matt, we do have a, uh, uh, we have a question here. So should we take both bars and powder or is anyone fine? Yeah. What do you recommend as far as, do you combine them? Do you want to do one or the other? That's very much a personal preference thing. You can combine them. You can, let's say, um, I mean, maybe, maybe he can chat, um, type into the chat exactly what kind of workout he's talking about, but I'm just going to give you one example. If I'm going to go out for like a, let's say a three hour bike ride and I'm going to run off the bike for 30 minutes, something like that. Right. I would, I would mix it. I would, before I go out, I would have some sort of light meal of some sort. And before I go out, I would also have a bottle with two scoops of UCAN energy, the powder shaken up. And I drink that and essentially like a preload because what I take beforehand is going to last for several hours. Like I said, during that workout. So you preload it with a little bit of food, regular food, and then also two servings of the UCAN energy. And that way I don't have to bring as much out on that ride and run with me. And then out on the ride and the run, I would have a bottle of super starch, maybe two scoops of the UCAN energy in, in water in one of my bike bottles. And I'd have a bar or two stuffed in my back pocket. And I would probably have the, um, a, the serving, uh, one serving, let's say half the bottle of the UCAN at hour one, and then the other half at hour two. And then maybe before I'm about to get off the bike, I've got a half hour left, I eat the bar. Or maybe I take a serving of the UCAN energy, then I have the bar at the next hour. And then about a half hour before I get off the bike, maybe I have uh, the last serving of the UCAN energy. And then during the run for 30 minutes, I wouldn't have to have anything because I sort of front loaded or preloaded during the bike. That'll cover me for the run. I hope that example is a good example based off of what he was asking. And let me just see if I understood what you said correctly is that one serving of the UCAN energy will last you essentially an hour. Is that mm -hmm. correct? About that. Okay. I mean, everybody's different, right? So everybody has a different 
ability to burn fat. Everybody's age is different. Everybody's size is different. Everybody's, I mean, there's so many different factors that go into it. There, the heat actually plays into how, how much you burn, how much you need to eat. So there's all sorts of different factors there. So one serving for one hour is a really good rule of thumb to start with. But if you're finding that you're using that formula and it's not getting you enough fuel and not getting you enough calories and you feel like you're starting to get low on energy or you're bonking at some point during your like long runs, then you want to just scale that up a bit. Maybe you're taking a serving every 45 minutes or maybe it's uh, maybe it's two servings an hour or unlike that, that'd probably be on the higher end. Um, and then if you might also find that a serving per hour is actually too much for you and maybe you take a serving every hour and 10 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes. Um, so you kind of just got to scale it up or down depending on what works for you. And that's what training's for. You can go test. And right now it's great. We don't, none of us have any real races for the most part. So uh, you can experiment all you want. Now's the perfect time to do that. Right. I think that's something that we definitely have spoke about before on the podcast is really, you know, not waiting till race day and not waiting uh, until that day to try some of these products is to test them out on your long runs. And I would imagine you know, I would imagine you're probably getting up to the three hour range at this point. I think you're kind of getting stretched out with your long runs. And so I would imagine from what I just heard from Matt, you know, doing three servings or two servings and a combination of a bar in there uh, might be helpful for you. But again, test it out and, you know, see what works best for you as far as energy levels and, you know, how full you do feel. I've got a, um, and a, a I know- great example. My, my run from, uh, was it, yeah, it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yesterday, I did, it was Sunday, right? I did my, uh, my long run yesterday and I ran 18 miles and I did it oh. with, uh, on UCAN only. So I had two servings before I went out there. Actually, it was two and a half servings of the UCAN energy. Before I went out on the, on the run, it was about maybe 20 to 30 minutes before I started the run itself. And then during the run, all I had was water and I had one of the UCAN gel prototypes. So, we are coming out with a gel at some point, but it's probably going to be next year. So don't hold your breath for it, but we are, it is in the works. No, that's pretty cool. And you had talked about too, if anyone in our healthy runner community did want, you're going to offer some type of promo code for mm-hmm. our community, right? Yep. So head, head to their website and we'll share all that stuff at the end and put the links um, in here. But I know you're going to offer 15% discount for our healthy runner community. So all you're going yeah, to- It's actually uh, already been created. It's, in, it's healthy runner. Awesome. Just looked up the code. So yeah, that's so 15% off at the at ucan.co. Guys, we're going to be wrapping up. Is there any other things that we didn't touch upon, Matt, that you think would be helpful for running community to hear? Yeah. One other thing, there's really four main product lines for UCAN. One is our UCAN energy powders, which are mainly for pre and during. And then we have the UCAN hydrate and the bars. And we've talked about all three of those. The, the fourth product line is UCAN energy plus protein. And those, we have three different flavors, or actually it's two different flavors, but one that has a whey protein version and one has a, and there's a pea protein version. Those are chocolate. And so there's a plant-based option there too that you may want to explore. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there's also a cookies and cream uh, whey, whey protein version. And so these, all three of those powders have the super starch in them and they also have protein in them. And so they're great for post-workout recovery. And they're also great for a meal replacement on some of your lighter training days, especially if you're trying to lean out, uh, you could have that in place of a meal. It's very satiating. It's delicious, especially if you mix it into milk or unsweetened vanilla almond milk is my favorite. You mix it into that. It is, it is rich and delicious. Uh, and that'll last you for quite a while. Nice. That is pretty neat that they've added uh, the protein in there as well, because we know that is important for muscle recovery, right? The building yeah. blocks of our <laughs> muscles. Yeah, we definitely check out those uh, vegan bars, like the ones that I had, but I actually haven't even tried yet the pea protein. So I got to actually try that myself and use our little healthy runner discount as I uh, place my order soon. All right. So Matt, thank you so much. Uh, I just want to kind of recap. We talked a lot about kind of how to fuel and provide energy for your runs. So the things that we covered was really what gives us energy during our running, what causes fatigue or for you to hit that wall with running. We also talked about um, what running does to the stomach and why sometimes the stomach doesn't really agree um, with us and how do we avoid GI problems while running. And we got into kind of some simple sugar talk and how that can irritate the GI system. And then we really talked about some of the origin story of UCAN 
and super starch and where it all started with Jonah and really looking for a solution to, you know, this childhood disease, this metabolic condition, which is uh, pretty neat and how it's evolved since then. And we really got into what super starch is. And that's kind of the foundation of some of their products, um, the powder, and then later the bars. And then we did talk about some electrolytes. So how, why electrolytes are important for your runs and what are some alternative solutions to the kind of the, the, the classic sugary based products that you may have heard or used in the uh, past. And, you know, I think Matt shared some of his, his story with us and how he always hit the wall and bonked on some of his previous uh, triathlons. And then when the first time he actually used the UCAM product, which was pretty cool, it was like, he actually won um, the Maryland uh, Ironman. So that's pretty darn neat. And like I said, I've been using these products for ever since I started my running journey. And it, it's pretty neat to, you know, have you on the show today, Matt, I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing with our community um, these products, because I, I do think that like here in the healthy runner community, we really look at all aspects of health. And from my physical therapy standpoint, I, my huge focus is kind of prehab and, you know, making sure that you're doing your strength training in order to run and, we, we spend a lot of time focusing on that, but now I'm really trying to look at the whole runner and we talk about nutrition, hydration, mental mindset. And so this fits right into the realm and your products at UCAN, I think really can help keep runners kind of hydrated, keep their energy levels up in a healthy way. So it really does fit um, all of our principles that we promote here within our community. So I'm sure honestly, a lot of runners either are gonna watch this video within our Healthy Runner Facebook group or in the Spark Your Training YouTube channel, or most likely listen to the podcast on their favorite podcast platform. And they wanna know how they can learn a little bit more. And you touched upon, you got in depth, honestly, about a lot of the products I learned um, some information talking to you tonight. So where could uh, folks learn a little bit more? Yeah, um, our website is fantastic. It's youcan.co, U-C-A-N.co. And that's got a lot of great information. You can join our mailing list and you'll, I mean, our emails are fantastic. A lot of great content, a lot of things to learn. Uh, and then of course, you'll get our promotions and deals as they come out. Um, other places you can learn is through our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. A lot of good stuff coming through there. Um, there's plenty of videos on the YouTube that, that you can watch. I mean, you could really go down a rabbit hole and learn tons and tons of things uh, about you can and otherwise uh, on our YouTube channel. It's, it's great. Um, I do want to, th I do want to thank you for what you do, because I, I think we were chatting it was last week or the week before and with physical therapy, I mean, for me in, in a whole prehab and rehab kind of idea I, in 2012, I had a lot of issues cropping up. I had knee pain. I had Achilles issues. And I had a bike crash at one point and the bike crash caused me to have a, sprain, a, a strained MCL, uh, actually two of them. And then one of them turned into a cyst and then it became weakness in my glute and my glutes, uh, especially my right hand side. So I had an imbalance and all these things caused just, I mean, it, it wreaked havoc on my body. I, mean, I could get away with it when I was young. I didn't have to do all the foam rolling and the, the PT and the maintenance and the strength training that, that I, I realized I had to do. And I, I realized it in 2013 and I diligently stuck to a program uh, with a great physical therapist and learned a lot. And I got better. It was like, I just put my head down and worked hard. And then three months later, I picked my head back up and I realized I was a completely different runner. I was so much more robust, resilient, and strong. And I wasn't getting injuries anymore. My knees felt great. My Achilles felt great. And I was able to run into, into 2014, my most consistent season of all. And I had massive success. So really it's like such a pivotal piece of this whole puzzle is what you do. So thanks for that. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing that and giving a plug to our profession because guys, you have to listen to Matt here. If you have Achilles pain, if you have some achy knees and your knees are always hurting you every time you run, there are solutions and the key. And you know, if, if you guys haven't checked out yet, my five principles for healthy running, you know, that three of those principles relate to strength training, right? Strength training to run 
training on one leg. So making sure you are training on one leg because when you run, you're on run leg and then plyometric training. So doing some jump training in order to run. So yeah, thank you for sharing that, Matt, because that's kind of what I'm a firm believer in and see success with the runners I work on an individual basis. And that's pretty neat that you have seen that benefit in your training and notice a big difference in some of the aches and pains that you were having um, and realizing that making your stronger, resilient runner is important for your long-term health and success. So thanks for sharing that. Yep. yep. All right, guys. So we are wrapping up here. So we uh, appreciate you, Matt. And if you're listening to this on the podcast and you found something helpful, all I ask is that you just hit that copy link and share it with a friend, text them, uh, shoot them the link of the podcast episode. I'm sure they can learn something and they might consider utilizing some of these products, especially if they've had trouble hitting the wall. Um, if they hit that wall at mile 10, mile 11 of a half marathon or mile 20, mile 21 of a full marathon, then they need to try some of these strategies that Matt talked about tonight. So thank you again, Matt, for taking the time to educate us. And thank you for everyone who jumped on the live. And remember every Monday night, 8 p.m., we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind on your schedule. We have a bunch, a bunch of guests scheduled these next couple of months. So I'm really excited to bring this content to you guys. So attend the live, get your questions answered like many of the folks did tonight. Uh, thanks again, Matt. I appreciate you and I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having me, Dwayne. Yeah. So thanks again, guys. Remember, stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our Healthy Runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about, given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to the sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say, and I read all of them, and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot. Share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.